0: Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate's Top 10 and 10 podcast series. In these 10 minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2021 22 top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm your host, Jonathan Schein, CRE, and also CEO and Executive Director of the Real Estate Limited Partner Institute in New York. The Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges, experienced, innovative, and credentialed problem solvers. The counselors practice in 21 countries and offer expertise in more than 60 real estate disciplines across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Corin Crawford, CRE, Executive Vice President of Griffin Swinnerton in Irvine, California. Corin primarily concentrates on public-private partnerships, construction management, land acquisition, and development. In fellow CRE, Scott Moldaven co-authored the narrative supporting the number five issue on this year's compilation of the top 10 issues affecting real estate, infrastructure, new imperatives emerge. To review all issues in this year's report, visit CRE.org top 10.
1: Welcome, Corin. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a real pleasure to uh, to join the conversation. And obviously, infrastructure is very big right now. And I'd like to
0: talk to you about the infrastructure investment. Yeah the Infra- Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which was just signed into law last week, providing transformative infrastructure investment in communities across the country. What's your 10,000 foot perspective on what this means for commercial real estate?
1: Yeah, so 10,000 foot perspective um, is we really like to think about the implications of um of a major allocation of funds for infrastructure spend and how that's ultimately, what are the tie-ins? How are those, how is that ultimately going to impact the real estate business? Uh, So, you know, let's, first off, let's just sort of talk about one key point, which I think really underpinned the passage of the the, the infrastructure bill. And that is how infrastructure is defined. Um, at at its core to be honest with you i really feel like a an infrastructure bill in this way is a jobs bill um, because just by very nature of passing such a large piece of legislation the job impacts the job creation impacts are are paramount so on the one hand we have we have this conversation around defining infrastructure is infrastructure defined as the 20th century infrastructure that the United States is so well known for investments largely made in the 1950s in the highway system, in roads and and bridges, um, as well as maybe, you know, waste treatment plants or larger energy pieces of energy infrastructure. These really large scale mega projects that kind of defined what 20th century infrastructure is um, versus a conversation around 21st century infrastructure. What are the investments? How do you define infrastructure in a way that brings us into the 21st century And, and addressing the dominant challenges that we see on the horizon that are facing society and the globe at large. So, those are things, you know, in a lot of ways, it's sort of the proliferation of technology. So, are we investing in broadband? Um, how are we investing in our energy systems or our roadways? Are we investing in clean energy? Are we investing in large scale systems or are we investing in more decentralized, smaller scale systems closer to the point of consumption as a way to combat? or a way to embed more resilience, more fault tolerance, more redundancy into these large scale systems so that they're more adaptable to climate change, natural disasters, future to pandemics and the like. Um, so my point around the uh, jobs creation measures really speaks to the fact that we have a huge amount of spend allocated towards, um, towards you know, sort of traditional infrastructure, roads, bridges, Um, you know, public transit, those sorts of uh, large scale pieces of infrastructure largely defined by 20th century infrastructure, a lot of which is crumbling now as a means to just really generate jobs and create economic impact in that way. Um, But I also think that the conversation is, you know, the the, the bill does have a lot of money allocated for um, the 21st century infrastructure that I was talking about. And I think that the implications are more evident for how that impacts the real estate industry in in kind of the go forward uh, ways in which we're defining infrastructure.
0: In many ways, the 20th century infrastructure ideas certainly helped real
1: estate as well, whether it's Tennessee Valley Authority or the interstate highway system, of course. Certainly. I mean, particularly as it relates to location, right, location, 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 Um, you know, thoroughfares, passageways, getting access to, I mean, so much of um, uh, locational factors of real estate are impacted by um, are impacted by access, Uh, you know, whether that access is facilitated through public transportation or through more automobile derived um, roads, bridges and the like. That's sort of how we got the suburbs. And that's yeah,
0: that that's exactly. Us. That brings us to our next question. You know, while developers are often asked to invest in infrastructure improvements for their own projects to move forward. Do you foresee less of this due to the short and long term implications of last week's legislation?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that um, I think that. I like to think about the the trend for get asking developers to invest more in infrastructure as more of like a long-term trend. Um, I think that this bill, if it is providing five to eight years worth of enhanced budgetary allocation for infrastructure is going to work to stimulate, um, the, the hope is it's going to stimulate and create more secular trends for long-term investment. Uh, a good piece of you know, we can also kind of tie this into our prior question about what, in twenty first century infrastructure, what are the kind of core factors defining locational or locational um, uh, desirability in, in in real estate? Uh, and so, I think that um, when we start talking about investing potentially in more clean energy solutions or decentralized systems, it's really important to talk about how these decentralized systems or distributed energy or the like, you know, renewable energy even broadband, these are investments that are made relatively close to the point of consumption, meaning buildings. And so developers are going to be thinking about location um, and and the systems that are providing for natural resource allocation um, more in terms of, um, you know, more in terms of, of these types of factors, you know, for industrial real estate and for uh, office or you know or even residential for that matter access to broadband is a key locational advantage whereas you know sort of in 21st in 20th century infrastructure context maybe just at proximity to a highway is uh is defining sort of locational advantages that's one good example but we could also just talk about how the supply chain, um, and especially in in, in light of the pandemic, the supply chain has changed a bit and the ways in which that's creating locational advantage and investment patterns for industrial real estate. And on some level, you're talking about access to
0: the information superhighway as well. Absolutely, certainly. uh, And so what you're you're basically kind of saying is that developers and the real estate
1: community has to have some skin in the game to actually make this work. I definitely think that the developers, it, we would, we, we developers should have skin in the game. I've often said that um, real estate developers, real estate people, we're excellent at thinking through uh, placemaking. We're excellent at thinking through the myriad of urban issues that impact local communities. And if you are going to need more and greater levels of infrastructure investment closer to communities. Then the real estate community should really get very smart about how it can influence and it can play in the real, in the infrastructure space. On the flip side, infrastructure developers, infrastructure funds that are generally set up to invest in the type of infrastructure that we have, that we have, including the the sort of limited partnerships, the way that they tap long term capital, and the and the understanding of how to deploy the the, the capital that's. So that tends to be associated with the risk adjusted investment characteristics of infrastructure. I think real estate developers need to broaden their horizon into that type of uh, investment base because your large scale mega projects are kind of tend to be historically they're built more remotely where developers and investors don't need to think about the more community driven issues that real estate experts experts are, are, are are. you know, sort of the, the, the authorities on. Wow, that, that's a lot to
0: think about. And thank you, Corinne. Uh, we're great we're <laughs> your <laughs> knowledge and contributions to this year's report. <laughs> all of the 2021-22 top 10 issues are highly interconnected, as you just mentioned. They are. Yeah. Indicative yeah. of a changing and evolving real estate landscape. So yeah. join us next time for another discussion of one of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Jonathan Shine, and on behalf of the Counselors of Real Estate,
1: thank you for joining us for this episode of the top 10 intent.